where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. This might be difficult to believe, but we are just over one month away from the three-year anniversary, that's 1,095 days of 14 days to flatten the curve. Today's show is all about COVID, because even though the world is ready to move on and be honest about what happened, our health establishment, the legacy media, and our elected officials won't let it go. The bad news. Our elites aren't done amassing more power, wealth, and control, and they are unwilling to let us be free and responsible citizens. They continue to use fear and propaganda to further their tyrannical rule. The good news? The truth is coming out fast and furious. The framers of the Great Barrington Declaration have been vindicated. More doctors and scientists are speaking out against the jabs lies are being exposed. Today's episode is about the cognitive dissonance that is our world. On the one side are brave people speaking out and revealing what is true, often at great personal expense. On the other side are puppets that are telling us to disbelieve what we clearly see with our own eyes. Grab a flashlight, dear friends, and get ready to expose some evil works of darkness. It's February 2nd. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck, and this is the Liberty Dispatch. Hello and welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us here on the program. As always, please be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review all our content, no matter where you're getting it from. We would really encourage you to do that. Also, a quick note, we are on YouTube, but you will not be able to see this full episode because we can't cover this content on YouTube. So we would still suggest go over to youtube.com at liberty for canada as you just saw at the bottom of the screen to subscribe and hit that notification bell but today's podcast you're going to have to go over to our rumble page which will be linked in the description below on our youtube channel so you can check it out and that rumble page is rumble.com slash user slash liberty coalition canada dot or you Liberty Coalition Canada, pardon me. So you're get, definitely going to want to get that. Check that out. We're also on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. That's the FLFnetwork.com. And you can get us on their wonderful app. So you can get all our programs on demand at the Fight Laugh Feast Network app. So we would suggest that you go over there and do that. Also, all our content is over at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. So you're going to want to go over there and check that out. Do yourself a favor. And while you're over there, please consider signing up for our email page, the bottom of the page, and clicking the donate button 
tab uh, because if you would prayerfully consider leaving us a donation, that would be very helpful. But Andrew, we have some information we want to drop for people to let them know exactly how this donation process is going to play out because it's definitely changed. So because of our partnership with the Christian Week, christianweek.org, you can now get a charitable tax donation by giving to our news and analysis broadcasting through the Christian week. And if you go over to our website, if you click on the news and analysis, if you do all the donation through that, it will automatically do that for you. Um, so there's no real added steps. But if you're sending us a check, which many of you have done, and we're so grateful for that, please make it out to payable for Christian week. And then that will get to where it's going. And also if it's an e-transfer, please put Christian week in the comments or the notes. So we know that it's being earmarked for the programming through Christian week. So you can get that charitable tax donation. So we really do appreciate all the support. We just wanted to highlight again, things have changed. We want to make sure that your money is being stewarded in the way that you want it. So we just wanted to highlight those things for you. Andrew, anything that I missed, anything that you need to add? Well, just to clarify, because Liberty Coalition Canada does a few different things, right? We mainly have three arms to mm -hmm. this to this monster. And <laughs> the first arm is, let's say, our legal aid work. So this is, for example, the work mm -hmm. that James Kitchen is doing and representing Josh Alexander right now with the Renfrew Catholic District School Board. So we have our legal arm, mm -hmm. and there's actually a, uh, a big announcement coming this week as well regarding the Dr. Curtis Wall case. The second arm of Liberty Coalition Canada is our advocacy arm. And so mm -hmm. this has to do, for example, with the Christians That Care Initiative, which is the training up of Christians to be equipped as they go out and engage in politics at all levels. We want to make sure that they have a Christian worldview and that they're approaching politics biblically. The third mm -hmm. arm of Liberty Coalition Canada is our analysis show. So this is our yes. podcasting, uh, anything we do like that, interviews. So because Christian Week is a Christian news and media site, and part of the mandate for Christian Week is to bring a biblical Christian worldview to news and to media, they're our partner in media now, which means mm -hmm. if you donate to, or if you want your donations to go toward the analysis shows the media arm of Liberty Coalition Canada. You have to make sure that your donation is payable to Christian Week or that it's Christian Week in the notes or comments for an e-transfer because they're our partner in all things media. For everything else, if you want to continue to support our legal endeavors or advocacy for which you will not receive a charitable receipt, then you can specify LCC, Liberty Coalition Canada, but if you want to donate the media arm of Liberty Coalition Canada, then you need to make the donations to our partner in media, which is Christian Week. Absolutely. Simple as that. And also, a little bit more housekeeping than normal, but as it pertains to contacting us directly, we've been saying now for a few weeks, we have a new direct con contact for questions, concerns, things you want to hear addressed on the programming. Uh, and that's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. So if you want to ask us something, if you want to give us some feedback, some comments, please reach out to us via the mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. 
Now, and here's what not to do: don't do, don't, <laughs> don't send the email to info at libertycoalitioncanada.com and yes. the subject put LCC mailbag. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Send it directly to mailbag at libertycoalition.com. Yeah, and the general info, that's info at Liberty Coalition Canada. We're just trying to streamline the process so we can better stay at, uh, up like in contact with you, our listeners. Um, also, if you have church-related questions, queries, you can reach out to us at churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if you have any questions with what we were talking about via the donations, please read reach out to us at give at libertycoalitioncanada.com. So there you go. There we have it. The long list of housekeeping is out of the way, but it's necessary because we want to, again, make sure that the funds that you're sending, the support you're giving is going to where you want it. Um, so we do think it's important to take some time to do that. And for our mailbag this week, what we want to ask our audience is, what crazy COVID conspiracy were you were you <laughs> championing three years ago, two years ago that has since proven to be true? Uh, you know what what and, and maybe give us receipts. So <laughs> bonus point: if you can attach a screenshot of a Facebook post from 2020, or give us some sort of receipts that says, "Hey, back in back in June of 2020, I was saying, look out, the jabs are next." <laughs> Screenshot that, send it to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. At this point, Andrew. We'd like to congratulate you with a jewel to add to your tinfoil yes. and crust. At this point, Andrew, I'm bag. sure given given our our listeners and our viewers, it's probably easier to just pick out the one that wasn't right. <laughs> because it seems as though all the craziest conspiracy theories have come true and have been proven. So, um, so please do reach out to us. We do love hearing from you. Friends, it's a little known fact that the initial rise of coffee drinking in North America was tied to the fight for liberty. Following the Boston Tea Party, American patriots saw it as their civic duty to wean themselves off of tea in order to stick it to King George and his unlawful taxes. John Adams, who would become the second president of the United States, told his wife in a letter, tea must be universally renounced. I must be weaned and the sooner the better. Today, you'd never know about this connection to freedom since the coffee industry is usually associated with progressive ideologies like rainbow-clad drag queen story hour Marxist indoctrination events. However, Resistance Coffee Company is bringing back the connection between coffee and liberty. Resistance Coffee carefully roasts only specialty-grade coffee beans, which means you're getting the very best coffee too. Drink better coffee and support freedom at the same time. Make Resistance Coffee your drink of freedom today. Go to resistancecoffee.com slash LCC to get 10% off your first purchase. And make sure you keep using that slash LCC so that they know that we sent you resistancecoffee.com slash LCC. Matt, in the past, we've devoted entire shows Certainly to the best experienced in countries. I and mean, when we've looked at all the numbers, We've had the graphs, we have the receipts all over the world, mm -hmm. and this hasn't slowed down. So in many ways, we think, why do you keep talking about this? Well, because the numbers keep getting larger, right? All over the mm -hmm. world. And, and no one Canada, else is. <laughs> we continue to see excess deaths, 
uh, sudden deaths, deaths from unknown causes, or, you know, like my favorite meme, a woman clutching her chest saying, I'm having a coincidence, right? So <laughs> deaths from coincidences are growing and growing, right? They're not slowing down week over week. They continue to grow in terms of percentages. So mm -hmm. we wanted to show a clip from Dr. John Campbell, and we'll link to his video as well. You have to watch the whole video. He has all the receipts. He has all the actual links from official websites from the UK, Australia, Canada. But here is him talking about what we are seeing. And this video, by the way, was recorded just last week, the end of January. Now, the excess deaths in the UK are up again for the week ending the 13th of January, over 20% on the week. And I'm going to be looking at data from the United States, Canada, Australia, the UK and New Zealand, which all show an increase in excess deaths of varying amounts, but they all show it. And we're seeing an increased death, increased deaths all around the world in our sophisticated Western countries. And so looking at the numbers right from the official websites, mm -hmm. this is what Dr. Campbell is going to spell out for us. In the United States, excess deaths up to December 1st, 2020 is 242,224. And as we'll see in a later article, some estimate that's as high as 280,000. In Australia, roughly 145,000 deaths occurred by September 30th, 2020. Of that, about 20,000 or 16% were more than the historical average. In the UK, for the week ending January 13th, 2023, which is what Dr. Campbell was talking about, there were a total of 19,916 deaths that were registered, which is 20.4% above the five-year average. In the second half of 2022, there were 26,000 excess deaths compared to 4,700 in the first half of 2022, which is a staggering difference. In Canada, between March 2020 and August 2022, you have approximately 7% more deaths that have occurred than expected for all ages. However, and this is, this, is, this is tragic, for Canadians under 45, there are 19% more deaths that occurred than expected in a typical year. So, Matt, we're not biologists. We're not viral immunologists, right? We're not mm -hmm, experts mm -hmm. in all things death and statistics. But we've we've spoke what's, to many of them. <laughs> what's the cause of these increases, right? What should we conclude? <laughs> what is the official story from our trusted elites? Well, that's where things get very interesting, Andrew. Um, honestly, extraordinarily interesting. Um, because apparently between climate change, the common cold, and flu, eggs, and yes, even video games, everything except that one experimental gene therapy that was introduced at the end of 2020, mainly in 2021 or across the world, is, is to play. It cannot be that. So this is not a parody. This is not a joke. This is a real article from the CTV. Video games can potentially trigger cardiac arrest in susceptible children, study finds. Well, this, is, this comes from the article. Playing video games could trigger a potentially fatal cardiac episode in children with existing heart conditions, according to an international study published this week. The study 
life threat says life-threatening cardiac arrhythmia and sudden death during electronic video games examined 22 incidents in which children between the ages of 7 and 16 experienced an irregular heartbeat either proven or suspected and lost consciousness while playing video games six of the children suffered cardiac arrest and four died okay so that's in a very young age group so here we have a story CTA, ctv vancouver video games are causing cardiac arrest in young people and well you have to know that it says existing heart conditions so the, the questions are, what caused those existing heart conditions? And also, what is it about video games, namely that they could be stressful and cause mm -hmm. you to get excited and rather energized? So they just <laughs> gloss over that, that their hearts are already damaged. But that's what we want to know about. But so, OK, video games are the first culprit. What else? What else can we blame? Apparently, Andrew eggs this is from the express uk blood clots compound found in eggs linked to an enhanced risk of blood clotting oh that was also another thing that people were saying came from the experimental gene therapies which people like to call the vaccines huh anyways so people are dying people are getting sick we have to explain it apparently it's video games and eggs this is what the Express UK has to say blood clots typically the egg express the egg express <laughs> oh, oh okay it. sorry <laughs> he is indeed a dad with those jokes blood clots typically form in the veins of the legs arms groin it is when they break off and travel to other parts of the body such as the lungs that they possess a risk. Typically, risk factors for blood clotting include surgery, cancer, and pregnancy. The findings from one small study, however, small study, imply that a nutrient found in eggs and meat, you're going to have to eat those bugs, may also increase the risk of blood clotting. So there you have it, Andrew. It's video. It's those dang video games. So they, the last they... thing you need to do is to eat scrambled <laughs> eggs while playing video games. You're yeah. done. Yeah. You're done. That, that sounds like exactly something most teens are engaged in. But they've got to explain these deaths, and apparently it's video games and eggs. So is that it? Is it only video games and eggs? What else, what else is to blame for all of this? Well, brother, in this, this clip, I watched it. I know you've watched it. You know, my heart hurts for NBC anchor Yasmin Vazagian. I don't know how to say that last name, Vazagian, um, and her story. We're going to play that for you. But I think this story, Andrew, just really touches the spiritual blindness. I, I, I don't know if you ever watched the show Severance on Apple, but there's a common refrain throughout that show. Do you actually want to know? And that's the idea of people like to live in a cognitive dissonance because understanding and knowing things then would require of them appropriate actions to follow. Mm -hmm. and, responsibility. With truth and responsibility. responsibility. Exactly. And you can't help but see this in this 
clip that we're about to play. So this is Yasmin, an NBC anchor. Let, let her, let's hear her story. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. The next day on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains both in my chest and in my left shoulder, and it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was laying flat. I want to remind you, I run seven miles three to four times a week, or I did. Um, I do yoga. I don't eat meat. I don't smoke. I drink occasionally. Not right now, though, because my doctor tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that day, I was anything but. My husband drove me to the emergency room, and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. Oh, there you have it. Cold. Not not it's unlike COVID nineteen, I guess, Andrew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or 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 the fact that something that can be injected into your body might also manifest itself as COVID-19, mm-hmm. not just in terms of symptoms, but it might actually, in fact, give you the, 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 the same virus. And how many times do we have to hear this story that it's healthy young mm-hmm. people who are engaged in extensive... And she doesn't uh, eat meat. Cardiac. I know. So it's she obviously can't be traced to eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't play video games either. So yeah, wow. exactly. But how many times do we have to hear this story over and over again? Healthy young individuals engaged in cardiac activity, having adverse, severe, and dangerous ongoing health impacts. What's to blame? Apparently, it's the common cold, video games, or eggs. But anyways, Andrew, in a rare moment of honesty and transparency, the legacy media, health establishment, and the state have all come together to release this statement, and it's a very important statement, regarding all of these deaths, and they want to make sure that you're not alarmed. So we actually have footage of that statement. So there you have it. That is that is essentially the mainstream media's reaction to what's going on. Not the jab. Yeah. Well, friends, are you comfortable speaking with your financial advisor about your faith and how your investments should align with biblical principles and truth? And even as I ask that question, you might find yourself saying, I don't live in that world. You might be saying, well, I'm ridiculed for expressing my beliefs and concerns with the direction of our country. We have been talking about our friends at Rocklick Investment Partners for a while now. And one of the main reasons we recommend their service to our audience is that they share our Christian faith and worldview. At Rocklink, they're concerned with the same issues that we are. They're willing to have open and honest conversations with you to put you on the right track to achieve your goals while mitigating many of the risks surrounding us. Ask yourself, are you getting that level of service and alignment with your current financial institution? 
or are you just another brick in the Marxist wall? Email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. And I'll say personally, the last time I visited the guys over at Rocklink, uh, the gentleman who handles my investments and my finances, we basically sat down for two and a half hours and we talked about theonomy. We <laughs> talked about what's happening in our country and a biblical perspective and how Christians should respond in the short, medium and long term. And that's what you can expect from the guys over at Rocklink. You can expect a biblical worldview, an honest discussion uh, and definitely a wise place to invest your money. But back to mm -hmm. back to that scene that like we're not fooled, right? Mm -hmm. So the fireworks are blowing up in the back. We under, we're not fooled by what's going on. We're not going to say it's the eggs, the meat, the video games it's, and the flu. It's, it's not that. We're not fooled by what's going on because there is a torrent of information coming out every day that reveals that it's the repeated injections from an experimental mRNA gene therapy that have catastrophic consequences. In a BMC infectious diseases paper titled The Role of Social Circle COVID-19 Illness and Vaccination Experiences in COVID-19 Vaccination Decisions, an online survey of the United States population. It's quite the title. Medical papers always have these very lengthy titles. Respondents of the survey were asked if they knew of someone who had suffered a severe health reaction from getting a COVID vaccine. Their words, not ours, because we call it a gene therapy, an experimental gene therapy injection. Anywho, of the total 1,612 people, 22%, who claimed they had 57 people, 2% said that they knew someone who died as a result. These included deaths from heart attacks, strokes, or blood clots, right? So not eggs, not video games, but the jab. Professor Skidmore, who's behind the study, said the total number of fatalities due to COVID inoculation may be as high as 278,000. He claimed, however, that the actual death toll could be closer to the 330,000 mark, according to his calculations. This comes to us from the Daily Mail. Getting Pfizer's COVID bivalent booster and a flu shot on the same day may raise the risk of stroke, official analysis suggests. The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, found the preliminary link while scouring vaccine injury databases after a separate safety concern was raised about Pfizer's jab. Earlier this month, one of the country's vaccine surveillance systems flagged a possible association between the Omicron-specific shot and an elevated risk of an ischemic stroke among seniors over 65. FDA officials who have been investigating the link said most of the patients had also received their flu shot on the same day, which might be a factor, which is which is elite language for it is most definitely a factor. And and that is honestly been the going narrative of our elites in the establishment and government officials during this flu season. They were pushing not only COVID boosters, but also 
being up to date on your flu shots. Neely Kaplan Mirth, that demon woman that we talked about. Sorry, what? Uh, no, I think you mean I think you mean Doctor Mass Formation Psychosis. Yes, that's that's her. That's, that's the, the exact that's same one. one. Um, yeah. She was pushing this hard in all her social media posts, um, and I I think it's it's tragic because the efficacy of the flu shot is generally terrible <laughs> and the efficacy of boosters and this gene therapy has been terrible so people are putting themselves in harm's way by taking jabs that are mainly ineffective that is the sad reality of the situation and and that's what literally breaks my heart andrew um it's it's really as much as we're against this stuff it is very devastating to see that this is happening to people this comes to us from the expose on saturday a former nhs director of end-of-life care wrote a twitter thread which amongst other things gave a personal account of the changes to the system of reporting deaths implemented in the nhs this is what it read. When four different diseases are grouped and now being called COVID-19, you will inevitably see COVID-19 with a huge death rate. The mainstream media was reporting on this huge death, uh, huge increase in COVID-19 deaths due to the medical examiner system being in place. Patients being admitted and dying with very common conditions such as old age, myocardial infarctions, end-stage kidney failure, hemorrhages, strokes, COPD, and cancer, etc., were all now being certified as COVID-19 deaths via the medical examiner system. Quote, hospitals were switching to and from the medical examiner system and the pre-pandemic system as and when they pleased. When COVID-19 deaths needed to be increased, the hospital would switch to the medical examiner system. You would have got canceled for saying things like that before. In addition, Quote, hospitals were incentivized to report COVID-19 deaths over normal deaths as the government was paying hospitals, there's the moral hazard, paying hospitals additional money for every COVID death that was being reported, sigh said. Continuing on, I have no doubt in my mind that the government has planned the entire pandemic since 2016 when they first proposed the change to medical death certificates. Woo! That's some... That's that's some tinfoil hat stuff there, Andrew. But the crazy part is, as we've said so many times, is... What is a conspiracy theory? Just give it three months and it'll yeah, the, become the is what's what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and truth? About, yeah, about six months. Exactly. Right? And it's, it's, the gap is, is shortening. And what we're seeing and, here and in how, how, stories is because yeah. we're not pulling this stuff from Billy Bob's YouTube channel. No, right? we're not pulling this from from Joe Nobody's in the basement expose. This is coming from the Daily Mail 
This is coming directly from the FDA. This is coming from the CDC. They can't hide it because if they outright lie about all of this, right? If they lie, if they if they do a big old fat lie, then that's a, that's a huge legal problem. So what they do is they have all the true numbers, but mm-hmm. they kind of bury them and cover them up with language that they can't that can't be used against them. So and they do what's called the limited hangout a lot of the time, exactly. where they just expose a little bit of the truth. Yeah, they get a little bit of egg on their face, but in doing yep. that, they actually bury the bigger story. But as you've men- mentioned, Andrew, there's a torrent of information that's coming out. Um, when it as it pertains to how COVID was done, how the statistics were recorded, and now the dangers of of the vaccine. It's the truth cannot be stopped. And it's coming out. And I just, you know, we all were there for the debate on death with COVID versus death from COVID. And you were told you were an insane idiot who wanted all your friends and family, especially your grandma, to die if you were going to have that conversation. But now we're seeing medical professionals across the world were saying, oh, yeah, that is a thing. And, oh, yeah, these numbers were fudged. And it's the testing, right? It's, it's yes. Those PCR tests are garbage. Yeah. You should, I don't know if we'll remember to link it, but Carrie Mullis, who's, mm-hmm. the, who's the creator of the PCR test, he died shortly before the actual pandemic began, which, again, some of you might say, I, like, I, I can already feel some of you say, <laughs> even put in the comments, you put plandemic or yeah. scamdemic. I just use pandemic as a shorthand, as a way of, mm-hmm. but when, when the COVID era madness began, shortly before that, Dr. Kerry Mullis died. He's a creator of the PCR test. You can look up videos of him where he will openly criticize Anthony Fauci's use and the health establishment's use of the PCR test as a diagnostic tool because it's impossible to detect infection as a as a single snapshot of a moment of a person's life, mm. number one. So he, he disparages its use in that kind of clinical setting. He's clear, he says, there's one clip where he says, if you run the cycle threshold high enough enough times, you'll find everything. Because mm-hmm. you've been exposed to everything. And he says, you'll find cancer. You'll find everything yeah. you want in a person by running it enough. And so he's and clear w- up front. The things don't work. And what do we do? We jack it up to 45 and, cycles. Well, and we have a 97% false positive rate. Yeah. Well, and that so that's really important to understand um, because there is no set framework for the amount of cycles that were used for across the board for the world. So what could be considered a positive test in one place is most certainly a false positive in another. Um, and it should be noted, and I'll, I'll, I'll try and link this in the descriptions before. It's a matter of legal record in Manitoba for the church cases that were going on here. Jay Bhattacharya was the expert for the churches. It's now a matter of legal record, which wasn't refuted by the medical professionals here in Manitoba, that the PCR tests are as what you say andrew garbage they're garbage they don't work especially if they get beyond the 25 cycle thresholds which is the whole premise of the point you made the death from Mm. covid the death with covid the whole thing's garbage anyways so it was and people said this what we're dealing with is a case demic Mm -hmm. where it's the which is why if you remember see don't don't forget okay don't be don't have a short memory because Mm -hmm. i remember when everything started what were they saying was all about deaths Mm-hmm. Deaths, 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 anything to save a life. But very quickly, they realized that, 
There's not enough of those. (laughs) And not only are there not enough of them, but it's not so clear to draw the link to say, no, clearly this was COVID, right? It's not Mm -hmm. that you had a heart attack, but you tested positive. Is there that's so what did they there was there was a pivot not that long into it. It was all about cases. Cases, cases, cases. Driven by the garbage PCR test. So now it's all coming out. It's all coming out. And so how we want to spend the remainder of our, our time together and with you is the turnaround that we've seen. And the turnaround that we've seen is extremely encouraging. And I think we need to be encouraged by what's happening at the number of fairly high profile people who've not only been vindicated, but who've completely changed their position and have openly repented on what they previously said and previously did because information and truth cannot be suppressed forever and because it comes out. But before we do, we need to talk about our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Born out of the desire to separate money from the state, Bitcoin epitomizes freedom money, an uncensorable network programmed around digital scarcity where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted Bitcoin exchange since 2013, is a 100% self-funded company led and operated by incorruptible activists for individual liberties and freedoms. At Bull Bitcoin, security and privacy are priority. Customers' funds are transferred directly to their Bitcoin wallet in their own possession. With Bull Bitcoin, you never run the risk of losing your money because you own the money. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC and get started with your account creation today. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point to request assistance through the process. And I'll say anecdotally, I actually had to reach out to the guys at Bull Bitcoin yesterday. There was some some things, some questions, something that needed to be done. And I reached out to them and I was I was I ended up receiving a signal call. The guys called me, we talked, we walked it over. It was like, it wasn't like send a message here back in three days. It wasn't automated. I reached Mm -hmm. out needing help. They called back. We had a video chat. Everything got sorted out. That's the kind of support you can expect from our guys over at Bull Bitcoin. So again, that's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So now we come back and all of this information, the truth coming out, the reality of the excess deaths and it's not eggs and it's not the flu and it's not meat and it's not video games. We see now over and over again, what's actually going on. And it brings us to where we are now as more of this truth comes out. Those who were once fierce proponents of lockdowns, jabs and mandates are beginning to see the light. And amazingly, amazingly much to what we thought would be impossible. They're repenting of their previous positions. And I use that word carefully, right? When I mean repenting, what I'm not talking about is they're approaching God for sins committed against God, which many of them did. But they're repenting in terms of having sinned against people and what they said and what they did or what they supported. They're saying, I did this. I said this. I was wrong. I'm sorry for it. That's what's happening. So we want to show a a clip of video of one particular doctor who early on mocked the writers of the Great Barrington Declaration and openly showed scorn to doctors like Jay Bhattacharya, mm-hmm. who, and this doctor, this clip we're going to show, he was an advocate for all things COVID. He's singing a very different tune now, and we're going to see the consequence of what happens when you actually repent 
understand what's going on, it frees you up to now do the right thing. Let's let's watch this clip together. Yeah. I'm sorry. In contrast to actually a lot what a lot of the voices here. My my perspective throughout the early parts of this pandemic were very different than theirs. Um, you know, but I think that sometimes maybe when you're some similar to maybe like at a movie, when you have the front row, you don't necessarily can you can't necessarily see the whole picture. You know, for example, in the first wave, my nurses and I, we were we saw so many people dying from COVID. It was it, it horrified us. It was more death than any of us had ever seen. Freezer trucks at our at our door holding the bodies that for the leftover, you know, from that our morgue could handle. At that time, the only thing I could see was we needed more aggressive COVID policies to get this plague under control, stop these deaths from happening. I was confident that all of the locations that didn't embrace this like aggressive COVID policy, they were going to suffer tremendous deaths. And what we would see next is then, of course, what would follow is they would see how much death they suffered and it would become so painfully obvious that they would adopt all the aggressive policies. But I was wrong. I, I was my views were wrong at that time because the states and nations that didn't take aggressive COVID policies, they didn't do obviously worse. You know, it was, took me about a year into the pandemic before it became really clear that it wasn't obvious at all that any policy was strongly effective at reducing COVID infections or, or death outside of within the uh, the island nations. What a clearly <laughs> border control looked like it did have a pretty strong effect. So the scientist in me had to take this emerging data that I was seeing and acknowledge my hypothesis had been had been falsified, I guess you can say. And the COVID policies that I was so certain were necessary, they just didn't help the way that I would hope they have had helped. And then I realized something that I kind of ignored that, you know, much of the people here have discussed and brought up, which is that these policies were harmful. Initially, I was... I don't want to say I was ignorant, but I was it was irrelevant because there were lives on the line. I'm an emergency doctor. I'm lives, there's lives, you know, and it's like, no, we have to do it. But if the policies didn't make a big difference and they only caused harm, then you have to start rethinking what we're doing. And you have to take the data that that were that's clearly in front of us. And if it is only causing harm and at best can only save few, we need to think about it because if at best, right, an aggressive lockdown policy, imagine it reduced hospitalizations death by 20%, 20% of deaths, hospitalizations reduced. If that was the case, then maybe we could come here and debate, is that is the harms that are caused by those lockdowns worth that benefit? And how do we negotiate that benefit through, you know, navigating through our freedoms? But the reality is, hospitalizations and deaths were not reduced by 20% by any policies. And because if they were, we would have had studies at this point that would have been able to consistently identify that. And that just has not occurred at all. So I think as a society, we have to decide if we want to continue like a public policy that's obviously producing large harm and offering only a minimal benefit at best uh, that's currently unmeasurable. Also, Personally, I would like to apologize to uh, the three other scientists sitting with me here on Zoom. 
the proponents of the Barrington Declaration because I initially I did think y'all were crazy <laughs> or dumb or maybe you just didn't understand what I was seeing. But I, I now realize, actually, I'm sorry, because I believe now you guys were correct. And um, and you were correct from the beginning. And I, and I wish that more people, including myself, had realized that sooner. And I hope more people realize that soon enough. Mm. Man, that that is a powerful clip. And this came from the panel that that uh, Ron DeSantis had in Florida. Um, you can see a friend of the show, Dr. Malone, sitting on that panel as well. We'll link in the description the conversation we had with Dr. Malone. It was fascinating. But that takes a lot of courage mm -hmm. to repent and do so publicly in this type of forum and to say sorry to those who you mocked and ridiculed, that's a big character move. And uh, I think it's a powerful clip. So when I, when I first heard that, mm -hmm. I was, it, I was kind of emotional when, mm -hmm. when I, when I, when I might heard that. And some of you, cause you gained back a brother. That, <laughs> yeah. watched that. Well, but, but you, you've heard that and you've yeah. watched that and you're probably a little emotional as well. And, 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 and the reason is because you're, you you've been wondering the whole time are, are, are like the, the family the friends who've disinvited me to to easter or who, who've told me they don't want to see me anymore or who've who've canceled mm -hmm. me or who blocked me and want nothing to do with me and have said terrible things will they ever will they ever understand what's going on and then here's an example of an expert an on the ground mm -hmm. hands-on and he comes around and and says I was wrong. I'm sorry. And you go, okay, maybe there is hope. I mm -hmm. will offer one, one correction based on what he said that we actually do have some statistical data. Mm -hmm. So John, um, John Hawkins released, uh, a, a, there was a, an article, you see if you can find it, that they, they had shared where they had concluded that based on their research, all the lockdowns, all the mandates at best reduced COVID deaths by 0.2% which is which is basically nothing so that was that's not 20 percent yeah 0. 0.2 percent at best Oof. and when you play it when you play out that the numbers it, it it's it's pretty it's pretty insignificant so dr jay Bhattacharya, who's one of the doctors mentioned in the clip who was one of the framers of the great barrington declaration he recently wrote an article for the national post titled anti-lockdown great barrington declaration vindicated but much too late We'll link to the article, read the whole thing, share it with friends and family. This is what Dr. J concludes. Now, in January 2023, it's time to fully embrace the hard lessons to be learned from the CDC's years-long failed pandemic management. Prudence requires that politicians and public health officials consider the harms of policies adopted at least as seriously as their punitive benefits. Pandemic strategies should never again privilege the laptop class and other affluent populations over the poor. Public health should eschew wishful thinking, fear-mongering, and policies that effectively divide society into clean and unclean. Protection of the vulnerable, whoever that may be in the next pandemic, should be the linchpin of pandemic management. And lockdown should be consigned to the dustbin of history where they belong. We will need a new generation of public health and political leaders to accomplish this. 
Over the last four weeks, Anthony Fauci, the key architect of the lockdown strategy, resigned his perch atop the public health bureaucracy. bureaucracy. Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand and ardent enforcer of lockdowns, announced her resignation. These leadership changes are a good start, but the people who replace them must embrace the principles of the Great Barrington Declaration as the CDC finally has if we are to avoid a repeat of the worst avoidable peacetime public catastrophe in history during the next next pandemic. Let me let me read that again because I'm I'm persuaded to agree with Dr. Bhattacharya, who's a believer by the way. The way that our elites have handled the COVID madness is I would say the worst avoidable peacetime public catastrophe in history. Drop the mic if it weren't on the stand. <laughs> Andrew, repentance, as we saw in the clip preceding this, it's the only way forward. And it's a true, real repentance of contrition, not attrition, for real sins and mistakes. That's what's needed. And we need to have government officials with enough chutzpah, like Ron DeSantis in Florida, to hold people accountable for which I th what I think Dr. Bhattacharya nails on the head, which is the worst avoidable peacetime public catastrophe in history. People have to be held accountable for the groupthink, for the myopic, totally monomaniacal, single-factor single analysis focus. And guess what? Church leaders that went along for with it they have to be held accountable too. There's horizontal consequences that come from bad actions. Now, we're thankful that repenting to the Lord absolves us from the, the vertical condemnation that we have. And turning to Christ, we, are, we gain his perfect righteousness. We're, we're purified in Christ. Thanks be to God. But there is still horizontal consequences, as we see in the life of the David, one of the most famous patriarchs of Israel. Um, there are still horizontal consequences that come from doing something wrong in the here and now. Anyways, Kevin Bass, an MD, PhD student in medical school, recently wrote an article for the news week that I think we need to highlight, Andrew. In it, he said, as a medical student and researcher, I staunchly supported the efforts of public health authorities when it came to COVID-19. I believed that the authorities responded to the largest public health crisis of our lives with compassion, diligence, and scientific expertise. I was with them when they called for lockdowns, vaccines, and boosters. I was wrong. We in the scientific community, we were wrong. And it costs lives. I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC to the WHO to the FDA and their representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural versus artificial immunity, school closures, 
and disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety, especially among the young. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations continue to the present day in light of despite the evidence. And when you have real repentance, you can finally see what's going on, Andrew. And this is the real importance. And this is the turn that you're talking about. With real repentance, the scales are taken off your eyes. Like Yasmin at the start, spiritually blind. She doesn't really want to know what's going on. So she's going to say, I have myocarditis and pericarditis because of a common cold. Yeah, right. But then when you repent, you know, what? it's a turning, a metanoia. It's a turning away from the wrong idea towards the truth. And this is perfectly shown in a video like the one we're going to see from the same doctor who had the testimony of mocking those who wrote the Great Barrington Declaration, um, the same one who supported mass mandates and lockdowns and all those things. This is now what he has to say concerning... Nice, you got to join... That's yeah. thing. when you repent, when you yeah. repent and you join the side of righteousness, you come to understand you, the truth. <laughs> you, have, you have to grow a beard. Yeah. Yes. Just absolutely. As, as anecdotes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hello. My name is Dr. Joseph Raymond. I'm an emergency physician based in Louisiana. In addition, I am a clinical scientist. I was the lead author of a peer reviewed study that reanalyzed the original Pfizer and Moderna clinical trials for the messenger RNA COVID 19 vaccines. We found the vaccine increased serious adverse events at a rate of one in 800. At the time of publication, my co-authors and I did not believe our single study warranted the withdrawal of the messenger RNA vaccines from the market. However, since its publication, multiple new pieces of evidence have come to light, and this has caused me to reevaluate my position. An article published in the BMJ regarding the FDA's own observational surveillance data found the messenger RNAs were associated with multiple of the exact same serious adverse events identified in our original study. But the FDA had failed to inform the public of these findings. In addition, now we have multiple autopsy studies that find essentially conclusive evidence that the vaccines are inducing sudden cardiac deaths, yet the rate of these vaccine-induced deaths remains unknown. While many nations that have been using the messenger RNA vaccines have experienced an increase in excess mortality, more people dying than should be expected from past years. And this correlates in time with the initial vaccine rollout and then with the subsequent booster campaigns. Nations with higher messenger RNA vaccine uptake have correlations with higher rates of excess mortality. While the cause of this excess mortality is not known, Researchers analyzing this data were unable to identify any other reasonable cause of the excess death other than the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And as our friend of the show, um, Dr. Peter McCullough says, the reasonable, responsible conclusion would be it's vaccines unless proven otherwise. 
that has to be the the reasonable conclusion yet that's the one thing our elites and our mainstream media will not say but that's important andrew and he's one of now an increasing number of people who are sharing a similar testimony of being for strident lockdowns and mandates of all sorts and for vaccines and boosters until what they see is the evidence that is coming out that is indisputable evidence. And we saw when we looked at the um, amount of unexplained deaths in Canada that took place at the end of 2021, especially coming into 2020, or sorry, end of 2020, especially coming into 2021 and 2022. The only thing that can explain this is the gigantic uptake of these gene therapies. But here's a, a doctor or a, a scientist from MIT with a very similar turnabout to what we just saw. Hi, my name is Retzef Levy. And since 2006, I'm a faculty member at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I have more than 30 years of experience as a practitioner and an academic in using data and analytics to assess and manage risk, particularly in the context of health systems, health policies, as well as the management of safety and quality of manufacturing of biologic drugs. I'm filming this video to share my strong conviction that at this point in time, all COVID mRNA vaccination program should stop immediately. They should stop because they completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promise regarding efficacy. And more importantly, they should stop because of the mounting and indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented level of harm, including the death of young people and children. Mm. We decided to analyze the Israel national EMS data to see if there are any signals of increased out of the hospital adverse events. The analysis of the EMS calls and diagnosis data from 2019 throughout the first half of 2021 revealed some very concerning signals. We detected an increase of 25% in the calls with cardiac arrest diagnosis among ages 16 to 39 in the first half of 2021 exactly when the vaccination campaign in Israel was launched. Ooh. A smaller increase was also detected in the older ages. Moreover, we also detected a statistically significant temporal correlation between the number of the Pfizer vaccine doses administered to this, to this population and the number of EMS calls with cardiac arrest diagnosis. Interestingly, we did not find any statistically significant correlation with the number of COVID-19 infections during this period of time. Oh, Anthony Fauci, your talking point exploded. <laughs> it's done. So what he's saying there is the vaccine showed an uptick in these heart conditions in young people, especially, and in some old people. And the same could not be said of those who tested positive for COVID. Whoa, because that's the line, right? That's what Fauci was trying to say. We played that in an episode not too long ago. Oh, it's COVID that's leading to these things. Mm -hmm. So sorry, the, Anthony. I mean, what 
what we're seeing here, especially in that first doctor, Dr. Joseph Raymond, mm -hmm. is we're seeing what repentance looks like. Now, mm -hmm. the truth about Dr. Raymond is that there are a number of people who probably feel the same way that he does now who've changed their position. Yeah. But for whatever reason, whether it's pride, whether it's shame, whether it's the fear of consequences, whether it's because of what they did or said to people, mm -hmm. aren't willing to take that step and say, I am specifically sorry for the specific thing I said or I did. It was wrong. And there are a lot of people who are in that camp. And, and I, I'll focus in specifically on, you know, Christians, for example, who are in that camp. Christians who said and did certain things in the last three years, whether it was to other Christians, to pastors, to churches, decisions they made, things they supported, that they've now come to regret with all this information coming out, with the light coming out and not being able to hide the truth anymore, mm -hmm. that they are they regret what they did. They're ashamed of what they did, the many things that they did, but they're unwilling or they're still having a difficult time being able to say that and repent properly because they're afraid of the response. And so for for those of us who are on the side of wanting to see, for the sake of restitution and reconciliation, wanting to see this mm -hmm. repentance happen, what we need to understand is this legitimately is what's going on in the hearts of minds of people. And if we hope to see repentance, and I, I and I want us to be encouraged because again, a lot of you have friends and family who think they'll never get it, they hate me, they never want to see me again. And there might be people who are in that camp, but there mm -hmm. are people who their minds are being changed and will be changed. And there are people who will turn around, but what they are worried about is how we're going to respond. So our posture mm. needs to be one where we are quick to offer forgiveness yes. and let's move on. For, uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, that's fine. I, I had a, I, I was having lunch with a, with a brother the other day who had a friend of his who said and did the most terrible things to him and about him because of his position. And he started watching a number of videos and seeing the stats come out and he mm -hmm. ended up reaching out to my friend and said, I'm so, so sorry for everything I said and I did. And my friend's response to him was basically, we're good. That's it. Mm -hmm. We're good. Let's move on. Yeah. It's over. And and it, it's mm -hmm. people are still, minds can still be changed. All hope is not lost. But our position needs to be one where we are ready to say, okay, let's move on. I forgive you. Welcome. Welcome to the resistance. Right. Welcome. There's a grow, grow a beard. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and let's let's move forward. And there's together. great joy. So have hope. Yeah. Have yeah hope. There's great joy that comes with that when you gain a brother back. Right. That's the that's the wordage. That's the verbiage used by our Lord when he's talking about repentance is. Um, we need to be quick to forgive. Um, mm -hmm. There needs to be real reconciliation, real confession, real contrition, and then a real turning to the cross of Christ and putting your sins upon that that cross and then finding forgiveness in him. And then, yes, once that reconciliation has taken place, yeah. I mean, cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. Rejoice that you've gained a brother. Don't be like the elder brother in the parable of the forgiving father, uh, quite often called the prodigal son. Don't be like the elder brother who's bitter, 
who's angry because he feels as though he's had an injustice done to him. Don't be like the unforgiving servant who's had this great debt that could he could never repay forgiven, yet he's unwilling to forgive a brother. Don't be that way. In fact, continue to pray. Continue to beseech the Lord that he'll change the hearts and minds of those who you, who you know um, that the truth would continue to come out and that you can gain back those families and friends who, who did cast you aside as unclean, foolish, insane. Um, we need to be willing to take those reproaches, and then it gives us an opportunity to evince the, the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit in our lives by showing them Christ in the fact that despite them ostracizing us, we can have the posture to say, Lord, forgive them for they knew not what they did. So, I mean, that's, that's God, that's the attitude that I want to see from us, from, from the people on our side, you know, no gloating, no, no boasting. Let's get the truth out. Let's continue to press forward. And the more we do things like this, the better we can hope uh, that, that hearts and minds will be churned, changed, but don't be discouraged. Don't be bitter and let's let's push forward and you know hopefully seek truth and reconciliation along the lines that I just laid there. And don't don't whether or not whether or not people repent or realize what they did and and act like this doctor or the many people that we've seen, don't stop laboring mm-hmm. in shining a light on the Absolutely. evil and the darkness that we have seen. Don't be ashamed. Don't self-censor. Don't stop saying the decisions that our elected officials have made are lawless and godless and they are they're harmful. Mm-hmm. That the lockdowns and mandates, the jabs, it's all bad. Don't stop saying that. Don't stop exposing the corruption in Health Canada, in the FDA, in the CDC, in the WHO. Don't stop doing that. Don't stop sharing articles. Mm-hmm. Continue to do that. I, I, I want to read something from Ephesians 5. Now, in context, just so our, our, our biblicists don't get too upset, in context, Paul is writing to a church, and he's saying, in the midst of a church where you have people professing faith in Christ, there are some who profess faith in Christ with their lips, but who live a very different life. They live like pagans in terms of sexual immorality and greed and idolatry. And Paul is writing to them saying, instead of joining in what they do, Or instead of giving them cover and just excusing it, what you should do is expose their evil deeds so that hopefully they would awaken and come to faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. But be careful how you walk, because if you're going to be engaged in the business of exposing evil deeds, the temptation for you to fall in is is there. So Mm -hmm. that's the context that Paul is talking about lives of sinfulness lived among those who profess Christ and how we need to interact but I think there's a broad, broader principle we can extract from this, which has to do with evil and truth and the exposing of evil and lies in general that I think is helpful and applicable here. And so this is what Paul says, it's Ephesians 5, starting in verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. 
and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And in this instance, we would say as believers, saying what is true, doing what is right, and proclaiming that which comports with reality is pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It ple- Jesus said, "Those who are my, I'm of the truth, and those who know me, they're, they're also of the truth. Mm-hmm. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because these days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't stop pursuing that which is true, proclaiming that which is true, exposing the evil that we see in our world, the corruption, the lies, the propaganda. I'm so thankful for our friends over at Bright Light News. They're not believers. They don't they don't affirm a biblical worldview. Hopefully through relationship we can maybe influence and point them in that direction. But I'm thankful for the fact that they indeed are exposing mm. that which is evil and corrupt and shining a light, continue doing that. And then as believers, we would look at this and say, and these for us become opportunities to actually share the gospel with people mm-hmm. and say to them, you know, you believe this lie about COVID, you believe this lie about the jabs, you believe this lie about the mandates, you know it's not true. And it gives us an opportunity also to say to them, and maybe there's another lie you believe, maybe there's another bit of darkness in which you're stuck and so not only do you need to turn to that which is true about the jabs, but ultimately mm-hmm. you need to turn to that which is true about Christ, that you would awake mm-hmm. from your spiritual darkness and be saved and call them to repent, not just of having sinned against us, but having sinned against God, that they would find eternal life mm-hmm. in Christ. So this is a dual mission, right? Yes. We're, not, we're not just proclaiming the gospel. Mm-hmm. We are, but we're also engaged in social activity because mm-hmm. Jesus commands us to be engaged in social yeah. activity. So it's both evangelism mm-hmm. and actually working in social activity for the good of our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what a good word. Turn to the truth, the incarnate truth, the way and the life, because it is the truth that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Friends, we're posting new content multiple times every week throughout our various shows on this channel. So you're going to want to subscribe to it and hit that notification bell. That way you stay up to date with everything that we're releasing here with the Liberty Coalition Canada.